0: Hey guys, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to Sister Spooked, the podcast where two sisters talk about all the creepy things.
1: We'd love to hear from you. If you have a scary story, suggestions for an episode, or anything really, please email us at sistersspooked@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
0: You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at sisters underscore spooked. And we also have a secret Facebook group, Sisters Spooked Secret Group. Our website is sisterspooked.com, where you'll be able to find our blog and much more. We're so excited to have you.
1: It's time to get spooky.
0: Sisters Spooked contains graphic and explicit content. We recommend to listen at your discretion, but we hope you stay for the show. Thanks for listening.
1: You don't. Oh, my God. This is such a chubby... This is so bad. Oh do you guys God. remember the giant... Oh, wait. No. Do you... so junky. Julianne, do you remember the giant iguana at CCHS? Okay. Hi.
0: I thought you said no eating. No, you're not allowed to eat. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because you chomp too loud. Apparently whatever so Rachel's in Chicago again and her roommates are here watching us Yep. how much more awkward could it get (laughs) not much I have a sinus infection so that's fun I'm not sick so that's real fun well you can't catch a sinus infection so I didn't say I could whatever
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a three day weekend at school So spending it in Chicago Instead of sleeping, wasting away in our apartment In the middle of nowhere You brought the dog, right? Yeah We brought our dog
0: She's at Amy's?
1: Yep No, she, she's 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 at Redacted's We don't want to use names, right? We don't want to expose any Well, they don't know where Amy is
0: address <laughs> <laughs> she lives at we have such a common name for For real though it's like a thousand matches.
1: Didn't we ask you not to talk? <laughs> it's
0: okay. No you guys can talk it's fine. No worries.
1: It's good to have conversations. Many worries.
0: Worries the most? Yes. And, um, well This is the week of our Valentine
1: recording, so happy Valentine's Day! Happy Valentine's Day for many more of you, probably since you listen to podcasts. Happy Forever Alone Day! (laughs) I'm just kidding. Wow, rude! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
0: I'm I'm forever (laughs) alone,
1: and I don't listen to podcasts.
0: (laughs) Rude as hell.
1: You're a large large <laughs> you know, honestly, you I, was kidding. Zero I was kidding. You're <laughs> gonna, you're
0: gonna, you're I'm the comedic relief.
1: You guys are gonna
0: lose listeners because of you. Exactly. Yeah, all eleven of them. We're gonna have negative <laughs> one listeners because of you. <laughs> They're gonna take it off. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I should pull up my thing. Where's my phone? Oh,
1: here in your lap. <laughs> Where's my phone? Oh, oh, there's... Where I
0: literally just put it.
1: Okay. So,
0: my case is the murder... Lady, don't make extra noises. My bad. Okay, so my case is the murder of Tara Lynn Grant. Tara Lynn So, Stephen Grant called the Macab County Sheriff's Office in Macab County, Michigan, on February 14th. Hey, this
1: has mine has to do with Michigan too, kind of.
0: With Michigan? Hmm? Oh, okay. Uh in Macab County, Michigan, on February 14th, 2007, to report his wife,
1: Terry Grant, had been missing for 5 days. Okay. How would she have been missing for 5 whole days before he reported her missing? just she just chilling somewhere for four days but the fifth day that's too long yeah
0: <laughs> so grant explained that his wife would leave for multiple days at a time which is why he didn't initially report the disappearance quote yeah, unquote yeah yeah, yeah yeah would leave for multiple days she had enough are you still hungry yeah there's more that's my boyfriend Juan, in case you guys are wondering who, who the sure, man is walking sure, around. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, are you recording? Yeah. Oh, sorry, my bad. No, it's fine. <laughs> That's what editing is for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Grant explained his wife would leave for multiple days at a time, which is why he didn't initially report the disappearance. And Grant, Grant advised the night of February 9th, he heard Tara talking on the phone and said, quote, I'll meet you at the end of the driveway, end quote. She left the home and saw Grant, oh, I'm sorry, she left the home and Grant saw her get into a dark car and drove off.
1: Yeah, she was definitely having an affair.
0: He had not heard from her since.
1: dun-dun-dun! <gasps> <laughs>
0: The day after Grant reported Tara missing, he was pulled over and arrested for driving on a suspended license.
1: Wait, her husband was?
0: Yeah. Um, he insisted the police used the arrest as a way to get him into custody to question him further about Tara's disappearance. The police denied Grant's accusations, and over the next two weeks, Grant appeared on the TV multiple times and accused authorities of harassment. So, searches for Tara continued for less than a month and ended on March 2nd, 2007. The police were able to serve Grant with a search warrant, and during their search, the police found Tara's dismembered body hidden in a plastic bin in the garage.
1: <laughs> Why? Why'd he keep it in his garage? Oh, just wait.
0: It gets so much- you're gonna be like, what the fuck is actually up with this guy?
1: Like, what? just Why like, would you- Oh my Do you God. guys have any comments on that? That's
0: pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty gross. No, but
1: but like, how stupid do you have to be to know the police are looking after you and like still keep a body in your garage? <laughs> He's
0: like, oh shit, I don't know where to put it. He hides it in garage. <laughs> well, I think what happened is I don't think he thought that they were going to like serve a search warrant.
1: Well, he was wrong because his <laughs> wife is missing. Why wouldn't they? Well, also like, he could have just put it out on the curb and they would never know because True. when 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 they do garbage they like flip it up that way no one's out there to look at it so they yeah. would just flip the dead body into the like garbage can no one would know I
0: thought you meant like just put a dead body out all No in the, the in I the was gra- like, yeah no one's going to notice that No in the in the garbage
1: in the garbage can <laughs> Oh my god that's so funny literally anywhere but his garage <laughs> Something happened like that in California
0: like They What stored the like dead body in a car oh. and then they they put a search warrant on him and they opened the car That's disgusting. Okay. Classic. So after the body was discovered, a murder arrest warrant was issued for Grant, but Grant had already fled the scene before the body was discovered. He called a friend and asked if he could borrow their truck. On March 4th, 2007, Grant called his sister from his cell phone. The police were able to track and locate Grant 280 miles away from his home in Emmett County, Michigan, which is in the wilderness. Wait, where did he
1: leave? Oh, or where did he live? Did he, he left his home. Was was he... Wait, is Michigan that big? Where he drove 208 miles and he was still in Michigan? Yeah, dude. Oh. Michigan is huge. Mm-hmm. Well... Oh, well,
0: I guess it's... Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, you guys probably drive that at least to get up here. Yeah. I guess. Okay. The United States Postal Guard assisted by providing a helicopter, and Grant was pursued and captured by the local state and federal authorities. Since the authorities found Grant in pants, shirt, and socks, oh no, the authorities found Grant in pants, a shirt, and socks. Since the weather in northern Michigan stays very cold, he was already suffering from minor f- frostbite and hypothermia, which Rachel is currently suffering from.
1: Yeah, because it's like negative two degrees in her apartment. It's, we just like it to be cold. I don't. Well,
0: I don't have circulation. Okay, but also we have like 800 blankets that you could use. Yeah, and
1: I'm using it. Precisely. And you're judging me for it. No, I'm not. Why is this all
0: crusty? Coco was laying on it. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot. Why do you have it here then? <laughs> I forgot that that's what she was laying on. There's a whole bucket yeah, right there. And I'm going to get one of those. Okay, is perfect. On this
1: one? Is it even a blanket? Just...
0: No, that's a snuggie.
1: Wait, is this Sally from...
0: No, it's a zombie. Oh. Close enough. Sally's oh, good. So he was suffering from frostbite and was taken to the hospital. So Grant was taken into custody, but due to his con...
1: What the fuck is that? Mm-mm. I thought it was moving. Is it a bug? Is that a bug? No, it's like a... It was moving! It's like oh a God. flower. It like
0: an hour and a half information and now you're just interrupting her.
1: <laughs> it's like.
0: Uh, okay, 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 so okay. Okay, or okay. So, Grant was taken into custody, but due to his condition, he was airlifted to Northern Michigan Hospital. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. So, so, so really? Yeah. No, you know so I call it, it pop, so don't judge stream. me. Okay. No, the machine is called Soda It's <laughs> Pop Stream here, <laughs> <laughs> it's Pop Stream to you. I mean, she has a point. What are you looking at now? Nothing. Now you have me all freaked out that there's a bug crawling somewhere. Okay. Okay. You're gonna get hit. Okay. Grant was taken into custody, but due to his condition, he was airlifted to Northern Michigan Hospital. During his hospitalization, Grant gave a full confession. He explained how he fought with Tara before strangling her. Tara had slapped and belittled him. He then took her body to a family-owned tool-and-dye shop after he bludgeoned and beat her to death, where he was able to dismember her body. He then took her remains to a nearby park and disposed of the body. When Grant learned the police would be conducting a search in the area, he returned to the park and recovered the torso of Tara. Then he returned home and hid the remains in garbage bags in his garage." So that's how the body got back to his house. So he
1: really thought...
0: He got spooked.
1: (laughs) He really thought it would be safer to have it in his garage than to have it in a park. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know.
1: You know, at least it was at the park. There was some semblance of, like, maybe... He didn't do it, but it was in his garage. Yeah. They found it in
0: his garage. It had to have just, like, smelled disgusting, yeah. too. Yeah, well, I mean, no. well, oh, wait, was it, it in March? It depends on if it's cold or wait, not. when did
1: they find it? In March. I like, that's a whole ass month after.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. But it was also, like, it's also winter in northern Michigan, which is, like, freezing-ass cold. Yeah, that's true, I guess. So, anyway. I don't know. I don't know if it was smelly or not, but... Um, On March 6, 2007, Grant was transported to Macabre County and was formally charged with one of two, I'm sorry, with one count of homicide, murder in the first degree, and two counts of mutilation of a dead body. On December 21, 2007, Grant was found guilty uh, on the charges of second degree murder, and on February 21, 2008, he was sentenced to a minimum of 50 years in prison. On March 30th, 2010, Grant lost his final appeal in the state court, and this left him with his original 50- to 80-year sentence. And also, just the difference between first and second degree murder. First degree murder is willful and premeditated with a malice aforethought, and second degree murder is intentional murder with malice a- aforethought, but is not premeditated or planned in advance. So, like, Clearly
1: this wasn't.
0: Yeah. And so, like, get it. But also, too, like, if he was fighting with her, he should have known when to stop. But I guess okay, she just no, he meant
1: to <laughs> kill her. He meant to kill her. Well, it yeah. just wasn't premeditated. Yeah. So, like, they were arguing. He was like, you know maybe what? He F you like, bitch, bam. Maybe I mean because it's you... not premeditated. Is like a well, a month no, in I advance. He that. was taking precautions to like. He knew he was going to kill her before they fought. But maybe he had thoughts of. Killing her before no, he killed her. No, that doesn't mean premeditated. Premeditated is like you take action. Like, mm. you, you, like, set things up. Like, you, you plan things out in advance. Not just you're thinking about it. Like, he could, th- you could think you want to kill anybody. That's not premeditated. I want kill you sometimes. If I die, <laughs> charge with first degree murder. This is premeditated. You heard it here, folks. I'm just kidding.
0: I only want to murder you when you don't research your stuff when I ask you to. Oh no. But thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's more likely that. I you still think. love
0: you though. Mostly. Alright. So Grant and Tara's children were placed in custody of Tara's family. And on June thirteenth, two thousand eight, and this is just like a really sad thing that happened after everything Wait, went down. Uh Grant and Tara's children are placed in custody of oh, Tara's family. Kids? Yeah.
1: Oh my god. That's the first time you've mentioned that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> How old were they?
0: I didn't... It didn't say, but... On June 13th, 2008, Grant's father committed suicide from a self, self-inflicted gunshot wound. There were reports of him seeking visitation from his two, for his two grandchildren, but he was continuously denied, like, by... His, his wife's family, like, his son's wife's family, like, they wouldn't let him see the kids. So he
1: he killed himself because he was, like, oh, my, like, my son is this terrible person and I can't see my grandkids, yeah. so there's, like, nothing to live for. Yeah.
0: Jesus
1: Christ. Isn't that horrible? Ugh. Oh. I, I know.
0: why I'm would
1: Why would the, why would the, <laughs> why would the, like, why would the wife's family, like, deny him... Visiting rights.
0: I don't know if he, like, stood by his son's actions when mm-hmm. he was well, in Well, if court. he killed himself, I don't think he stood. Maybe, they're like, maybe it's genetic. <laughs> yeah. I, just I don't know. Like, I kind of understand it, because, like, like, you want to get as far away from that side of the family. I mean, can you imagine how messed up the kids like, would be just from,
1: like, knowing that part of, like, that like, history of their family? Mm-hmm. Like, I can understand like, them, like, hiding away, like.
0: That never existed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. If you're going to say something, you should talk about it. It's, pretty
0: loud. it's fine.
1: It's not showing up on there as long.
0: Well, you're talking, like, right now, and it's showing up almost the same as what it was when Amy was no. talking.
1: Well, yeah, because I was talking soft. <laughs> not now, see? That's what... <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. So that's all yours? That's only sixteen minutes, so I have to take up the rest of the half hour? I mean,
0: you have enough information to do it. I don't think so.
1: <laughs> it's not that
0: complicated.
1: Oh Alright. Just I don't, don't all talk resources. fast. So basically Do you wanna tell them what this your case is? This occurred, yes. This 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 occurred in nineteen twenty nine and this is the Valentine's Day massacre. You know, this isn't like the other ones we've talked about so far, because this is, um, this is, like, a, a gang massacre. Not not that it's not tragic that they died, but it's not necessarily, like, the same kind of case as families being murdered by other family, you know? Um, so yeah, this happened February 14th, 1929, and seven members or associates of the Chicago North Side gang were murdered. So... They there was like a rivalry between the Irish North Siders and um, the Italian South Siders, which were led by Al Capone. They were trying to control organized crime during prohibition, so that's that was like the biggest thing for gangs back then, I feel like, because everyone was looking for alcohol, you know, like that was definitely a place of control. Yeah. Well they definitely wanted to get They weren't trying to get lit, they were trying to control (laughs) Chicago through (laughs) alcohol.
0: Uh, people that sought
1: out alcohol they wanted to get rid what well, Amy said yeah but i wasn't talking about that i was talking about the gangs like why they were at conflict with each other because they were trying to control and never mind just <laughs> it, was it, wasn't <laughs> it wasn't funny it wasn't no <laughs> funny, okay. funny okay yeah there were seven members it was like classical or not classic classical classic gang murder that you hear about where they like a li- lot or mob more like old-time mob murders where they like line them up against a wall and just sh- spray them with bullets but so they don't know exactly who did it and even now there's like there's talk you're like what's like yeah theories about who did it but <laughs> they don't actually know um but um They either, at first, they either thought that it was people who worked for Capone, um, who were former members of the Egan's Rats gang, or they are members of the Chicago Police Department, and people thought that because there were two of the perpetrators who were dressed um, as policemen, and it was said that they were having personal revenge as their motive because one of the policemen's son was killed, but that was more. They think that was more what they wanted them to think because they had two dressed up as policemen. Not necessarily what actually happened.
0: I just um, have a question. Yeah. Can
1: you go back to the name of that one? Egan Rat. Egan's Rat's Game. Yeah. So, why was it called That's that? Right? Did you... I don't know. It, that doesn't even have that much to do with this. It's not between. It's not like that oh, stuff. Okay. No... Yeah. There's just some. i was just wondering because it's.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't like, know why. I don't know event. why. Just Why? flip it around. Flip it to the other side,
1: yeah. Okay, so um, this happened at 10.30 a.m. Um, it was a Thursday, February 14th. So seven seven members, men, they're all men, were murdered at a garage at um, 2122 North Clark Street in Lincoln Park, which is less than two miles away from my apartment, which is creepy.
0: <laughs> I've probably been by there multiple times.
1: Yeah, this happened...
0: Ninety years ago, so yeah, I think but you're it's fine. still like
1: creepy. Yeah, I, you're fine. Um, so they probably they <sighs> probably don't care enough to do that. Okay, so four men, four men were the perpetrators or were thought to be. There were two Thompson submachine guns that were used, and um, there were I think like two, one or two shotguns. Um, two of them were dressed as policemen, and the other two were wearing suits, overcoats, and hats with ties and stuff, like, classical, like, m- mobster, you know, like, just, just basically your stereotypical mobster uniform. Gotcha. They were dressed all nice and stuff. So, all of this information's kind of sporadic, because they didn't, they don't really, like, have a lot until they, they started, um, looking more into it with with kind of looser looser ties because they they didn't know like obviously they couldn't exactly trace it back to like, Al Capone so it's it's hard but so the the victims were um, the victims were Peter and Frank Gusenberg, Albert Kachelik, Adam Heyer Reinhard Schwimmer, Albert Weinshank and John May. So they were five of the members were um, George Morans aka Bugs He was called Bugs. I don't know why. I don't didn't, it doesn't really matter. <sighs> yes. Yeah, so they yeah, you know, their weird names. Okay, so um it was his North Side Gang. Five of the members were uh one of them was his second in command who was also his brother-in-law Albert Kachelick and then Adam Hare was a bookkeeper and business manager Albert Mindshank and Frank and Peter Gusenberg and then there were also two collaborators so all of them I mean the the jobs of the um of like the last 5 that I just mentioned weren't necessarily like that important in like rank wise in the in the, uh... Gang. In the gang mob scene. So, basically... When the Chicago Police Department showed up, Frank Gusenberg was... He was still alive. He was the, the only one out of the seven who was still alive at the scene. Um, but he had 14... Bullet... Bullet wounds? Because <laughs> they... So, what happened was... Um, basically, the four perpetrators they got out of a car and went into the garage, and then the two policemen they were they were you know posing as policemen and they told everyone in the room they were like stop what you're doing or whatever line up against the wall, and then um, the two with the with the coats, I guess, pulled out the submachine guns and like shot everyone, just like braid bullets left and right, and and they were even shooting until everyone was down, just like just to oh be my sure. God. Yeah, we're good, we're
0: good.
1: yeah, yeah. Right? They they tried. They tried. <laughs>
0: oh my god.
1: Yeah, and then uh, they used a shotgun and um, blew off the face of. The oh <laughs> fuck. Yeah, they they blew they they blew the face <clears throat> off of um two of them to the point where it was it wasn't even recognizable. So Wait, did they do that on purpose or Yeah, well I mean <laughs> I don't I don't know that they necessarily like because made they still it still probably identify them. Yeah, they could still they yeah, they, they knew the victims. Yeah, they knew they knew the victims, but they just like yeah, they just decided to shoot them with a shotgun too. I don't they I mean, just for extra strange. measure. <laughs> um So yeah, so Frank Gusenberg, he was the only one still alive and they brought him to the hospital and he was stable for a little bit, but um the only thing he said they were trying to get him to tell them who actually shot them but the only thing he he refused to say anything and then the only only snitch. the snitches get stitches yeah but the thing is yeah yeah <laughs> and the only thing he said was no one shot me and then he died three hours what? later this, yeah he said he no one shot him yeah well i mean he was doing he said that that's all he was saying because he didn't want to tell them who did it so he was like no one uh, shot me like but he like had, if he did say something, he had, kill him Yeah, he had 14, like, oh. he had 14 bullet wounds, so, like... <laughs> no one shot me. <laughs> no one shot me. I'm fine. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it's fine. So, um, it was allegedly planned by Al Capone to eliminate George Moran, who was the leader of... Who was Bugs, who was the leader mm-hmm. of the North Side gang. Um, Moran and Capone, like I said, were competing for control of the Chicago bootlegging trade, and Bugs Moran had been moving... Um, he had been moving in on some of Capone's enterprises, so Capone was like, mm-hmm. "You know, take a step back. This is my area. Like, don't, don't." So mess he with my gave him shit. like a fair warning, and he probably still. Well, I don't know if he gave him a fair warning, but he didn't want to be fucked with. That's for sure. <laughs> Al Capone was like, "Nah, <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> Try again. Try again <sighs> with someone else." So the plan was to lure Bugs Moran to the SMC Cartage Warehouse, which is where it took place, on North Clark Street on February 14th. And he was supposed to get cheap, a cheap shipment of whiskey from Detroit's Purple Gang, which was associated with Al Capone. Um, it was supplied by them. So they, they, yeah. Moran and one of his men were actually running late from their hotel to the warehouse. And the people who... The people who were... Um, at the warehouse they thought they mistook another m- member of that gang as like Moran and mm-hmm. I think that's that's when they decided to go in like some watchmen they might have had some watchmen out and they like, sent them in and because they thought he was in there already so they
0: kind of fucked up by, yeah like, they definitely for did
1: them. they definitely did because they thought he was in there yeah and then um it turns out that he and the other the other one of his men that he was with they saw police officers quote-unquote because they weren't actually police officers and i don't think it didn't specify if it was the fake police officers or if they saw the police officers going into the scene after it had already happened i'm not sure what they meant by that if it was the two who were dressed as police officers that they saw go in before everything happened or if it was the ones after after everything had already happened
0: i feel like it would have been the fake police officers unless yeah, they actually had unless they were like really in. really running
1: late because yeah. they mistook someone for them and then they shot all of them. I doubt it took very long. Yeah, because I don't think the
0: fake police officers would be, do or the real police officers would be doing anything unless they're well. They they would have like paid got... under the table by no
1: like they the Chicago Police Department like they showed up on the crime scene, like oh. that's what I don't know if it was then if they were like running really late and they showed up when they oh, did oh, oh, okay or if they like saw the fake police officers going in, and then decided to flee. Either way. They saw someone dressed as police officers go into the um, the warehouse. And, of course, like, even if they didn't suspect that there was going to be a shooting of his men, like, he was like, okay, I'm not going to get caught trying to get bootlegged mm-hmm. alcohol. So he and his, the man he was with, they went to a coffee shop to, like, hide out. And um, they actually encountered... Natural. Yeah, it's they actual actually... Coffee coffee. Yeah, <laughs> shop, yeah. <laughs> coffee shop date. Um, so they encountered another gang member named Henry Gusenberg. There's lots of Gusenbergs in this gang. There's I understand Henry Franken are Peter. they part of Capone's gang? No, or? they're they're part of the they're part of Moran's. Oh okay. Yeah. What
0: race is that last name? I, I don't, don't know.
1: German. Gusenberg? sounds sounds German. German. G- yeah, it said it 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 It's area. an Irish Irish gang, but I mean, they, it doesn't mean everyone in it's Irish. every so. time you say
0: gang, it just makes me want to go gang. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Awesome. <laughs> well, you can, you, you, can, you can keep that in your head. Ouch. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> okay, so they, yeah, they encountered Henry Gusenberg, and they warned him not to go over there, because they were like, yo, well, you know, the cops are there, so don't, don't go over there. So he didn't, he was safe from that. So Capone's lookouts, um, they must have mistook one of Moran's men for him so then the um two fake policemen were carrying oh yeah they were the ones carrying the shotguns and then they they ordered like i said they ordered his men to line up against the wall and they sprayed them with bullets with the submachine guns so one had one of the sub submachine guns that it had a 20 round box magazine on it and Jeez. then um the other one had a 50 round drum they were, they were ready to kill. That's they 70, that's 70 rounds for seven people. Yeah. Oh, did, like, destroy. <laughs> and the shotgun. Oh know, my God. Yeah. But, but one, but, um, Frank had fi- 14 bullet, bullet, yeah. like, so they didn't Damn. really evenly distribute those shots, but whatever. <laughs> no it's one, funny, it's no funny, cause counting. he hit. he had more, he probably had more bullet, bullet, uh, wounds than the other ones, and he he is the one who survived for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, and another survivor was, um, one of the one of the victims' dogs. Yeah, they didn't kill the dog. Oh, okay. no, One of the survivors. Yeah, the so then I dog. that
0: really mad, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just
1: topped it all off. So, yeah, they sprayed bullets. They keep going. Like I said, even after they hit the floor, and then the two shotguns obliterated the faces of John May, whose dog is the one that survived and james clark so to give the appearance that so this is like one one side of the story i was reading more and it was another person told another side of the story that i'll talk about in a second but one of the accounts is that to give the appearance that everything was okay the ones um, in the suits and coats were taken out with their hands up and were prodded by the fake police officers make make it seem like there's nothing suspicious going on, you know we're oh, we're taking care. Of, you know you see that that in movies where it's like it's like it's okay, sir, we're taking care of these men, like these bad men or perpetrators or whatever we'll take them. You don't gotta worry about it, real police officers. Mm-hmm. yeah, so um, yeah, the dog the dog's name was Highball. <laughs> yeah so he survived and then frank frank gusenberg survived for for three more hours but for three more hours so on to the that that was like kind of how it all happened um so on to the the investigation because they really since it's it's a since it's like gang violence they didn't they there's no way there's so many members in gangs there's there's no way to know exactly who it was and even witnesses it's it's hard I don't know because it's they try and be as conspicuous as possible I'm sure so it's it's hard for them to pinpoint exactly who did it but um, because it was common knowledge that they were hijacking Capone's Detroit shipments that Moran uh, not Moran is it Moran? yeah it's Moran that Moran's um, group was hijacking Capone's Detroit shipments that like I said came from the purple gang I think is what it was called since that was common knowledge they, the police were focusing their attention on Detroit's Jewish purple gang. Three members were identified by two landladies who who were witnesses, but later they weren't even really sure that, that, ident- that they identified them correctly. All three of the members that they questioned were cleared by the Chicago police, and yeah, they weren't suspects anymore. Many also believed, because they wanted them to, that the Chicago police did it because they wanted, I don't know, the game. I mean... Capone's gang wanted them to think that. That's why they put two police, mm-hmm. two two men in police uniforms. You know, because that that make a good story to get the attention off them. Oh, these policemen did it for their own spite because this happened and this happened. So, that was also something that people were thinking thinking about a lot. All right. So a few days later, on February 22nd, police went to the scene of a garage fire on Wood Street, where a 1927 Cadillac sedan was found disassembled and partially burned. And that was determined to be the car that had been used by the killers at the uh, massacre. The car they found belonged to James Morton of Los Angeles. And from James Morton, through a lot of different connections... In a roundabout way, they were able to trace it back to Compone and the Purple Gang. And all, it was also tied in with Egan's rats, too. But that was, they were all kind of in cahoots with each other. Not necessarily close ties, but they were all like, had some kind of relations with each other. So they, they tied it all through that. So several witnesses um, saw a man with a missing tooth. And police knew that there was like, a former member of Egan's rats called Fred Burke, who's known as Killer. And yeah. yeah. So they that was I guess his token I, like identity mark that he was missing a front tooth, so wouldn't
0: that be horrible to be known for missing your front tooth? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, uh, I saw that guy missing his front tooth. what's his yeah. name
1: <laughs> oh yeah, killer, oh killer, yeah, that one, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so killer uh and James Ray were known um to actually wear police uniforms during robberies, so they're kind of like, hmm. You know that's a little suspicious so it's all coming full circle yeah. so eventually they charged jack McGurn and john scalis with the massacre but john scalis was murdered by capone <clears throat> in may 1929 and jack McGurn um was dropped because of lack of evidence but he was charged with the violation of the man act uh, because he took his girlfriend across state lines to marry and at the time that was not legal oh yeah, so. Why couldn't he have just said that that's where they were from? Because I'm sure neither of their licenses or anything were Did from that state. Did they have license back then? It's 1929! Yeah. It's not that long ago! It's not like they didn't have any sort of identification. True. Like it's a birth certificate, I guess, that said where they're from. Yeah. Or but... lived. Um. Yeah, so I mean, that's not really important. They can prove that they're both not from that state. I don't know. Okay. So. Well, I'm sure, I'm assuming. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to be arrested for it. Uh, so, the case went nowhere until December 14th, which is 10 months later, 1929. Um, Some Michigan Sheriff Department raided Saint the St. Joseph Bungalow of Frederick Dane, and he was a registered owner of a vehicle driven by Fred Burke, aka killer. Burke <laughs> rear-ended someone while he was drunk, And he drove off, and a patrolman chased him, and uh, he got run off the road, and then killer, or Fred Burke, shot him three times. Oh my god, so he killed the cop. Yeah, and he died, I think, uh, I think he said he died a couple hours later or something, I don't remember, or like... Dude. Yeah, um, but then it, they revealed that Dane was actually Burke, so he owned the car. What the dun dun dun.
0: <laughs> Wait, so Dane was killer?
1: Yeah. I
0: don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm following. I'm not. So I'm glad you are. Okay. Not, <sighs> not following. following. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so they raided Fred Burke, aka Killer's Bungalow and guess what they found the guns yes they found a chunk with a bulletproof vest three hundred and twenty thousand dollars in bonds that had just been recently stolen from a michigan bank asshole um two thompson submachine guns a pistol Mm. or pistols two shotguns and thousands of rounds of ammunition wait though how do they know what gun was used to they have ballistics they know what the rounds were. Oh, so I they mean, were they probably like they... just starting that. What? Oh, I don't know. My... You know, Stephanie, you don't know timelines, so don't <laughs> just assume. They, they had they had the shell casings. They can see that it was no, from the I same know, gun. No, I know,
0: but I didn't know that they knew what all, all that was. Because you know how now, stupid do
1: you think they were in the 20s? I never said they were stupid. I, I just <laughs> well, realized they, they were had, that technologically they ha- advanced. It was it doesn't have to be technology. They saw the shell casings and then they matched the casings in okay, the trunk, whatever. and he was already suspicious. It doesn't matter. So continue. On. <laughs> yeah, they used ballistics and they they found that they were the same guns that were used in the killing. Burke was captured over a year later on a Missouri farm, and he was tried in Michigan for murder of um, wait office- Burke is killer. Yeah, Burke is Killer. Okay. So, um, uh, the officer who got killed by him, Mm -hmm. um, was his name was Officer Skelly, and so instead of being tried for the massacre, he was actually tried for the murder of Officer Skelly, because that was what they had most evidence on, Mm -hmm. and he was sentenced to life imprisonment, and he died in prison in 1940.
0: Oh. So. So, only like 11 years later.
1: So, he didn't actually get imprisoned for the massacre. Yeah.
0: He did it. Yeah, that is Oh my gosh. So they still don't have anyone they didn't charge anyone with okay, the so, massacre. Okay, so so
1: there's like there's more to it. So um in uh, 1935, FBI agents, they um went to a Chicago apartment in um, North Pine Grove. Uh, they were looking uh, for North Pine Grove? Yeah. That's like right over there. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they were they were looking for um remaining members of the barker gang and i'm not sure what that so um after a brief shootout erupted um there was some deaths and they um they took into custody doc barker and byron bolton so this is revelations after like this is like quite some time ago so they got nothing out of barker you can just cut this. Your facial expression. You
0: can tell she researched this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Deep silence. I don't know where um, this is.
1: This is leading right now. That's why. Maybe you should have looked at it earlier.
0: Was like one of the members
1: of the Parker thing. Oh, Bolton claimed to have taken part in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre with um, goats and Fred Burke and several others. I thought you meant like um, actual goats. Yeah. Oh, goats, G O E T Z. Is it goatas? No, it's G O E T Z. Oh, oh, okay. Goats. Go- goets? Yeah, I think maybe it's Goetz. No <laughs> one knows. i do going to listen to the listener's feel
0: like you-
1: people
0: please don't add us <laughs> Please don't kill us. okay well <laughs> this is related to any of your gangs we're not making fun of you <laughs> okay well
1: okay so basically <coughs> they took him under custody because of the stuff that happened at the apartment is what i'm taking from this and basically he revealed that he took part in valentine's day massacre with goats and fred burke and several others so that's this is where they started getting actual names where they started he he disclosed some of this information to them uh, but they had no jurisdiction in a state murder, the FBI, mm-hmm. so um, they had to keep Bolton's revelations confidential until the Chicago American newspaper reported a second-hand version of the bank robber's confession. Why did he have to <clears throat> just give it up? Like, it's, it's, I don't like, know. Like, they, they, they <laughs> Maybe they, like, promised him protection or
0: something. <laughs> yeah, I don't... When did Wis- Witness Protection Program start?
1: Huh? Witness. i don't know i don't have this information <laughs> why what i uh, mean don't you know everything no. <laughs> what? i'm sure they had versions of witness protection for a long time
0: that's what i'm saying maybe they like promised that to him if he he'd
1: probably kill everyone who was trying to protect him became, like a snitch probably to be honest they'd find him okay so the newspaper declared that the crime had been solved despite being um obstruction of justice okay <clears throat> okay so despite the obstruction of justice because they weren't supposed to be revealing that okay I didn't know what that <laughs> word meant but now I do okay so basically like you know how sometimes when when people get charged with stuff that they can't use that stuff because it's, it's yeah. like yeah so um basically it's, it's they claimed it was solved despite despite the obstruction of justice from the bureau um they, they the bureau didn't want any part of the massacre case so garbled versions of bolton's story went out in national media and what versions garbled you know just like jumbled oh. like like misconstrued. Yeah. so um um bolton claimed that the murder of bugs moran had been plotted in october or november in 1928 at a wisconsin resort owned by fred goats and the people who were present at the meeting Allegedly were goats, Al Capone, Frank Needy, Fred Burke, Gus Winkler, Louis Capagna, Daniel Saratella, and William Pacelli, and Bolton himself. So the men stayed for two or three weeks hunting and fishing when they were not planning the murder of their enemies. So they were just having a fun time, plotting, plotting some murders, going hunting yeah. and fishing, doing all the manly stuff. <laughs> so um bolton claimed that he and jimmy moran were charged with watching the smc cartage garage and phoning the signal to the killers at the circus cafe when bugs moran arrived at the meeting is that the so many moran what i guess
0: names genuinely are
1: getting so jumbled in my brain yeah i don't know i don't know i don't i guess these people just have similar last names because moran was obviously not i hope he wasn't part of bugs moran's gang because otherwise it'd be major backstabbing because it was a plot to kill bugs moran (laughs) but bolton claimed that he, he and jimmy moran were charged with or like assigned to watch the um the garage where all of it took place and to tell the killers who were at the Circus Cafe when um Bugs Moran arrived. So, um police had found a letter that was addressed to Bolton in the lookout nest, um and possibly a vial of prescription medicine. I don't I don't know why that is important, but it's probably it's not. It's possibly a vial. I don't know how it could possibly be a vial of prescription <laughs> right? medicine, but um Bolton guessed that the actual killers had been Burke, Winkler, Goats and Bot ba- uh Oh, Burke Winkler Goats, Bob Carey, Raymond Nugent, who was known as Crane Neck, and Cloud Maddox. So there were four four shooters and two getaway drivers, is what he claimed. But I guess like even he would have to guess because unless they had unless he was like part of the meeting where they planned out exactly what they were gonna do, then he wouldn't know for sure. Um. So Bolton gave an account of the massacre different from the one generally told by historians. Actually, he claimed that he saw only plain clothed men exit the Cadillac um, and go into the garage, which indicates that a second car was used. So one witness was George Brickett, and he claimed to have seen at least two uniformed men exiting a car in the alley and entering the garage through its rear doors. So instead of all four of them entering the same place like it was originally thought, they're claiming that there was a car at the front and a car at the back and they each got out of the cars in different sections. A sedan had been found near a house owned by Cloud Maddox, which is one of the ones he said was part of the um, murder or massacre in the days after the massacre, and in one of the pockets was an address book belonging to a victim, Albert Wineshank. So Bolton further indicated that he had mistaken one of Moran's men to be Moran, after which he telephoned the signal to the circus cafe. So, yeah, so that was the mistake where they thought that gotcha. Moran was, like, actually going in. But I wonder, necessarily, if he was actually, like, maybe working for the other, like, side or something that, like, he accidentally... But that's still, like, yeah. that's still murder of, the other I'm sure of, like, he the was just kind of
0: nervous and was like, oh, look for a man that <coughs> looks like this yeah. when, like, probably 50,000 men look like the description that he was given, so...
1: Yeah. Um, so when the killers were, um, unexpectedly confronted with seven men, they simply decided to kill all of them and get off fast. So that was his take on it. Um, Bolton claimed that Capone was furious with him for his mistake, and the resulting police pressure and threatened to kill him, but he was dissuaded by Fred Goetz. His... His claims were corroborated by Gus Winkler's widow, Georgette, and in an official FBI statement in her memoirs, which were published in a four-part series in a true detective magazine, she revealed that her husband and his friends had formed a special crew used by Capone for high-risk jobs. um, Capone was said to have trusted them implicitly and nicknamed them the American Boys. uh, Bolton's statements were also backed up by William Drury, a maverick chicago detective who had stayed on the massacre case long after everyone else had given up this a lot of this does sound like like movie stuff like there's this one lone police officer right. or like detective who's still trying to figure it out do
0: you even think that there's people still alive who were working no. the
1: case no, no it's right. gonna have if to be over were, 100 they... yeah
0: you're
1: right there'd be like 115 well, the, no, 120 in happened 90 years ago so happened 90. ninety. No, they weren't oh, zero when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! They'd have to be at least okay, tw- yeah, like no, in their twenties right, right, or thirties. Right. I'm sorry, I
0: did not <laughs> think that through.
1: Gugu like, <laughs> Gaga, it's you. <laughs> I mean, maybe just
0: oh, like know. it's like boss babies. Yeah. Maybe they have like surviving like grandchildren. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I I doubt they were just
1: like, hey, want to hear what I did. When I was a police officer, I cracked down on these gangs. I mean, why would it matter though? Like, I would want to know. Yeah, I'd I think that's tell cool. My chat, like, my no, but like, but children. but like, I mean, we know everything that the detectives knew. It's not like yeah, he like. True. It's not like he knew and he just didn't tell anyone. Like that, that'd be real illegal. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like I know yeah, who did, true. it, but I'm not gonna tell you guys. That's so funny. So, um, yeah. I take that back. <laughs> Don't listen to anything I say. <laughs> So apparently, okay, apparently someone claimed that Capone himself had told, um, to, had told him while they were in Alcatraz together that GOATS had been the actual planner of the massacre. Mm. So- That sounds like he's trying to push off the blame on him.
0: Um, just, like, a quick side note, someone who was in Alcatraz who, you know, the three guys who escaped Alcatraz who they thought died?
1: No, I don't know about that. Oh, okay. I don't well, really pay attention to stuff like a that. A few
0: years ago, I guess the guy wrote in to the police and was like, I am blah, blah, blah. It escaped from Alcatraz. I was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, wasn't he, wasn't he saying, like, if you
1: cure my cancer, I'll do, like, five years in jail or something one like that? in oh, jail. One. And
0: I was like, ooh. <laughs> Wait, where is that, like, people, like, really bad criminals go? Is that Alcatraz? Yeah. It right? was. It was. What's the new place? T- isn't it, at, like, uh... Tijuana, no. Tijuana? <laughs> What's it called? Oh, she said no, on. No, it's Guantanamo there Yeah, Guantanamo Bay. I was thinking Bay. Guayama. <laughs> like, yeah, that's in Cuba. In
1: Guantanamo Tijuana.
0: Bay. You tried. I couldn't remember
1: what it was called. <laughs>
0: that's like... An impoverished place in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I realize that oh, now, someone. thank
1: you. <laughs> oh, also get this. So, um, despite Bolton's statements, no action was taken by the FBI, and all of Sorry. the men he named, with the exceptions of Burke and Maddox, were dead by 1935. But then Burke died in prison in 1940 because he was already in prison. So that, that's a killer. How, yeah.
0: Do you know? Does it say how old he was, or no, or how old any of the people? No, were? No,
1: but I'm sure they were probably in their like 30s or 40s when all this happened. So he was probably like decently old true all right actually he wouldn't have been decently old he'd probably be i don't know like in his 50s probably or 60s mm-hmm. latest um apparently um the other bank robber bailey or i don't know if it was the other one but just a bank robber was it the other one yeah two <laughs> wait there are so names. many names
0: <laughs> well while you're looking at that i looked something up can i talk about it yeah or do you want me to wait till you're done you can wait
1: till i'm done okay okay um yeah i don't know it's just his bank robber okay i don't know if it was like the bank robber they already talked about it doesn't matter so um this person harvey bailey complained that um in his 1973 autobiography that he and fred burke had been drinking together in Calumet city at the time of the massacre and the resulting heat forced them to abandon their bank robbing um ventures so oh that's interesting wait like the heat (laughs) <laughs> like the heat from the police. Like oh. the pressure. I was like, wait. Not the no. heat from <laughs> the machine guns. I wasn't thinking that either.
0: I was just thinking weather. Oh yeah, it was too hot. So they, they didn't <laughs> go This was them. in fact,
1: this happened on Valentine's Day. <laughs>
0: They're like, nah, it's too hot. Why <laughs> don't do this It's like 15
1: degrees. It's too hot. <laughs> um, so yeah. So he, apparently like, I don't know. So uh, did he actually do it? Who knows? But they didn't arrest him for that. So it doesn't matter anyway. Um, and Cloud Maddox was questioned fru- fruitlessly by the Chicago police, and um, there the matter lies. Hmm. So, kind historians are still divided on whether or not the American Boys committed the Saint Valentine's Day Massacre, or or not. Yeah, which was the which was the, basically the group that he claimed w- were assembled in the like um, in Michigan and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, there, I mean, but there are a lot of suspects. Like, there's, like, a, another section that were like, like, even more than we even named, like, of suspects. Because there's just so many people that it could be, like... That's crazy. Yeah. Dang. Well, can
0: I t- tell you what I found now? Sure. Okay, so, in Chicago, there's this uh, pizza place. And it's called um, Chicago Pizza and Oven Grinder Co. And it's right across the street from where... Uh, the cat cafe was and they think that that's where well they know that's where the lookout person was Ew. and so now so that pizza place is the pizza place where they it's like a pot pie pizza oh the one that went viral oh, a couple of years yeah, ago Oh yeah,
1: where they like put the thing on top of it and they yeah. break it in and then it's like
0: oh. yeah so i thought that was kind of cool but this is where it is so the pizza place is down underneath Oh, they're, that's where, wait, and that's then where they're the lookout was? That, yeah, the lookout was in this building. Huh, interesting. Yeah, so isn't that crazy?
1: Yeah. So this, actually, um, there, there's a lot of um, accounts of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre that have been portrayed, referenced in... Uh, like in movies. Al, yeah, Al Capone, the film, um, it was in that, Seven Against the Wall, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, Capone... The Untouchables, The Making of the Mob, so those were all, like, biographical. And then fictional, it was kind of, um, like, it depicts a version of the massacre in Scarface. Um, okay. some like it hot. Um, they, the characters on the run after witnessing the same Valentine's Day massacre. Uh, mm. Oscar, a comedy film. Um, in a which, comedy yeah, film. Yeah, in which, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sylvester Sloan's character <clears throat> is implied to have been at the massacre. Um, Sophia Petrio um, from the Golden Girls claimed to have been present at the massacre. That's fiction. It says it's fictional. I don't even know what that means. Mafia 3. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's definitely had an impact on cultural things. Yeah. Hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Interesting. Well.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't really say like, that we've necessarily gotten spooky today, but we've gotten. A little into the... Some organized crime. Yeah. <laughs> and don't come for us. Yeah. <laughs> if there's I don't live, live in Chicago, so they're not gonna reach me, but... Wow. Well, rude. <laughs> Just pick, and the address is... <laughs> no.
0: Read <laughs> <laughs> my mind. No, no. <laughs> I don't need anyone
1: coming in. I don't even know your address, What'd clearly. What you say about the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was it called? What? What was the, the ring game called? The... Earl, Egan, Egan Egan's rats. rats. Interesting. Should we should we really quick look up why it's called Egan's rats?
0: Yeah, we should. But also, Rachel is saying that she clearly doesn't know where my address is because when her and her friend were coming to my apartment today, it took them to some rando location, and she was, like, "It's thirty three minutes away," and I was like, "Well, my phone only tells me it's like
1: seven, so I don't I don't know where you are." <laughs> Well, that was my friend's fault because she, she thought it was a different address than it actually was. Well, I didn't get it from nowhere. I mean, you must have looked in our group chat and I, didn't, I hadn't sent it yet. I don't know. I don't know where you got that yeah. number. No, remember, it, it was the list, four digits yeah, of the zip code. Yeah, but she didn't even see. She didn't even, I didn't even like show her the address, I don't think. I think you
0: told me that was the address. Because mm-hmm. I'm not clairvoyant. Like, I can't just read mine. You, maybe so you, you saw my phone. Maybe you saw, my phone. maybe you saw my phone.
1: Maybe you saw my phone. Um. So Egan's Rats was an American organized crime gang that exercised considerable power in St. Louis, Missouri. Are they still around? Uh, from nineteen 19- eighteen ninety to nineteen twenty four. Okay, so no. Yeah. No. Okay. So they won't come for us. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, so I guess that's why us. they. I guess that's why they were. I guess that's why they kept saying former. Because oh, it, it that's was true. it was abolished before like 1929, so so they so just unless like they were zero years old. They're all dead. <laughs> no, <laughs> what I'm saying what I'm saying is that they were all former because that was like, a dig at me. Yeah, I know it was, but oh, it doesn't okay. make sense anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking about how old they are now. I was talking about like what they did after they were in the gang because they all oh. must have gone to other gangs, and that's why they were calling them former members of mm. that one. So. um... They had 35 years of criminal activity including bootlegging, labor slugging, voter intimidation, armed robbery and murder. They were um, predominantly Irish American and Egan's rats did include some Italian Americans and some Jewish immigrants. Hmm. Yeah, wild, oh, it was founded by <laughs> it was founded by Thomas Kinney and Thomas Egan. I don't know where they got the rats. I guess they were just calling their people rats because there's rats everywhere in Chicago. In Chicago. <laughs> it, it was in St. Louis. Oh well, maybe maybe
0: there's rats rats in St. Louis,
1: (laughs) or maybe they were trying to degrade their cast rats. Also, thing. Oh yeah, just the Egan roaches. They're like a case of
0: my last
1: name and then rats. Formed. Oh, Thomas Kitty was known as Snake. So maybe also. So why wasn't
0: it? Egan Egan snakes? snakes No, maybe he was saying like the the
1: snakes eat the rats. So he's like saying I'm on top of you guys. Gotcha. that's
0: not a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's I I don't know. Symbolism. A,
1: a simile? God. No, symbolism.
0: A si- that's not a simile, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Simile uses like or as. Uh, what's the other
1: one? Metaphor. <laughs>
0: metaphor? Is that a metaphor? I no, mean, it could no. be a metaphor. Guys, I have it not been be. to school since 2014, so it don't could, come it could for be. me. <laughs> it
1: could be a metaphor in a way, saying like metaphorically they're below him. Sure. Okay. <laughs> the rats squeezed out the required number of Democratic votes at the polls. <laughs> oh, Someone they were Democratic. <laughs> wow. Wait, when how the bad Democratic, could they be? Where not... that? Democrats and switched? I don't know. From? I thought it was before that. I thought it was around the Civil War. Oh,
0: I thought you were gonna be like, when did the Republicans?
1: I thought they switched. Like, I thought they switched around the Civil War, yeah, didn't yeah, they? I, like, I don't know. No, because
0: they switched. Like I know.
1: Like, I thought it was earlier than that. Consult Alexander when Hamilton. Did... Do, 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 oh, do,
0: this is going
1: do. off on a tangent here. Just <laughs> this happens. <laughs> this is important. I want to know if the gang members were Democrats. <laughs> Sometime between the nineteen or the eighteen sixties and um nineteen thirty six. Oh, well, that uh, took a long time yeah, to switch. Yeah, okay, So they might have been Republican. Nope. <laughs> or
0: what is it <laughs> Republican now? Yeah. Interesting. Well, now I really hate them. No, no. I'm just kidding. Sorry, you can edit that out. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah as I'm, as I'm not trying was to was have, good. like, anyone come at us for our political on, views, a, so.
1: This is just a fun <laughs> But the thing is, this happened... <laughs> wait, this... Podcast. Amy, this this stuff happened, like, <clears throat> um, towards the tail end of the switch, so, like, they would have, like, either way have been more, like, moderate, because it's not like it went, like, Republican, BAM! Like, <laughs> The democrats and now republicans like it the oh, switch yeah, it happened weird. so gradually and they were like on the the tail end of the switch gotcha. so, like i don't know they could have been actually democratic i don't know hmm. the
0: 19 the 1920s were wild and wild time <laughs> wait what were like the little like skirt women the, fopper. foppers. Were foppers, the foppers.
1: skirt women <laughs> <laughs> weren't they dresses that were like pen <laughs> like pencil straight so you couldn't see their well, figures and then they were skirt. like great no, they. Is that a pencil skirt? No, pencil- I thought it was a dress. Yeah. Wait, why did you no. say pencil? Like because I mean it's still like completely flat, like it was completely straight, like a pencil. Yeah, that's true. Like that's why they're called pencil skirts, like because they go completely straight. I mean, but
0: now, I mean. Yeah, but, but we're talking we about flapper dresses.
1: Aren't more flapper dresses like completely straight, so you couldn't see their curves and then like flared at the end? Well, those are. No, they no, had like, like fringes cut. all like, over. No, like, no, they had fringes all fringes. over. I'm not talking about what was on the dress. I'm talking about the shape of the dress. It was like, wasn't it completely flat? And then like at the bottom there were like strips that were kind of like flowy when they moved. No. Oh shit. I don't think so. Like, I don't
0: know. Maybe I'm thinking of like the fucking like Great Gatsby version like in
1: the movies. or the. Yeah, it's completely straight with like those. St- yeah, but they That's what I was talking about! The fringes.
0: The fringes! Yeah, but, but there's they're fringes on the bottom! The bottom. I didn't say they're over. just at the bottom. You're I said. you yelling very loud. I said into the bottom also and you're has gonna it. to deter our listeners from listening. Oh, yeah, because that's <laughs> going to deter at, it. it. It's red. That's going to deter it. <laughs> they're going to be like, wow, this is aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess there are different types. Like, like, some of these would lease. There's
1: different types of
0: Different types of
1: dresses, not a different types of mm. can you What's that look like, hmm? Your butt. Hmm? Does that look exactly? That what I is said? like a modern Okay, but it's based on Listeners, hmm? by the way, when Rachel wants to make a point, you can tell she definitely Look at that! Rachel, That's what I was talking about. Rachel
0: needs the last word.
1: literally all of them have what I said. T- I didn't I literally <laughs> she, all I typed in was t- flapper it's dresses. Red. Literally, all I typed in was flapper dresses, and it's so exactly loud. what I was talking You're about.
0: we literally making our listeners I'm not gonna ears bleed. Break the microphone. the headphone users.
1: Okay, take your headphones now. Like before, like. I like how. No, oh, I like totally how you picked. Saying. I like how you picked one dress out of like fifty of them that proved what you were doing, and then the rest of the fifty prove exactly what I was saying. No, no, <laughs> no I, I, I had, had a variation. Oh. Flappers, and some of them had the like fringe,
0: and some of them were longer with the little strips. Yeah, there's set. a lot of dresses. Like what? Not everything. Like, and they even have flapper swimsuits. wouldn't <laughs> <just laughs> say oh New God. breed of flappers. Oh, oh so. interesting. Like All right. Well, are you ready to? do our outro. Yeah. Okay, do it. No, you do it. Why do I always have to do
1: it? You do it. Because yours is okay. cuter. No, you do it. No, you do it. Am I not cute? Just do Am I not it. Not cute. <laughs> thanks for being spooky. Bye. No, say it good. <laughs> <laughs> thanks awesome. for trying to get spooked, but this episode wasn't very spooky. Okay, thanks. Bye. I mean, mine was kind of spooky. Not really. It was a yours murder. It was pretty creepy. Having a body in a garage is decently creepy. It was gross. I mean, that's A mangled creepy. body in a closet, uh, not a, in a closet, in a garage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, say it. Thanks for getting spooky with us. Thank you, even though that was sarcastic. Okay, thanks for getting spooky with us.